This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty is in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Yes, indeed, Valor Radio, and you. And thanks so much for being part of our big tent, where we have uh, the Army, Navy, Coasties, Marines, uh, Air Force, and our Guardians all representing uh, uh, all of us and keeping us safe, uh, and the civilians, of course, serving by their side. We bring in here, first of all, Navy Captain Steve Mamano. Good morning. Uh, good to have you with us. And uh, the colonel from our Southern Command, uh, it's Colonel Paul Simonelli down in FLA. Hey, Colonel. How y'all doing? Y'all. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, spoken like somebody from the city of Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad there's a little distance between Steve and I. <laughs> well, wow. Well, oh, what's wow. going on here? Bob, do you have your uh, defibrillator handy? <laughs> the portable? <laughs> I got so, some jumper cables on the 20,000-watt <laughs> transmitter. I think that's Okay, that'll work. Steve, I'm going to ask you now, and I'm, I want you to be patient. Uh, yeah. I asked you a couple weeks ago if you had your resume ready, and I wanted to know if you did get your resume into the Naval Academy oh, for that here we job go. offer. You're bringing up that, that one, huh? I don't, have, I don't have all the particulars, but there was a, a particularly um, egregious case of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, political correctness or because i i did get an email saying that they hadn't received your application yet and i'm a little disappointed yeah i know i was thinking about putting in for it but you know it's i just don't have the clothes for it folks uh they they are soliciting steve's application for a professorship at the naval academy they're looking for a professor of gender and sexuality studies isn't that and, isn't that um, isn't that beautiful? It feels like a great fit, I think. They they are paying up to $150,000 a year for this job. Um candidates like Steve must submit a cover letter, uh curriculum vitae, a diversity statement. Right. Um But they don't necessarily have to be a veteran. They don't. Um uh, but they would like someone who is interested in um Victorian sanitary reform, I graphic saw that. novels, what? post-colonialism, eroticism, gender and sexuality. Can you imagine? Usable philosophy. Um, They're not kidding. And they would like to make their decision, you know, uh, in a timely fashion for next fall so that they could have this person in place and have them ready to go. Wait, it's in the, wait, 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 it's wait. in the English department. Is, it, is this a joke? No, no, it's actually, they're deadly serious. So you got to know all about uh, Sir Edward uh, Bulwer-Lytton. Yeah, you know, it was a dark and stormy night. Is that what the, the deal is here? 
I'm surprised you could even tell us that <laughs> much, Rob. Maybe you should be applying, Robert. <laughs> no. Well, I don't have to be a veteran, right? You don't have I to mean, be a veteran, right? You, you don't, don't have, have to. to be a veteran. Can I do it from the radio station? Can I phone it in? I don't think so. I I just can't believe. Well, on Earth? I, I want to know the. I want to see the the kind of midshipman or or cadet that sit through that course. I could just see it. And what would what would uh, Storm and Norman say? Can you imagine? Well, if he were still alive, what he would have to say about that. So, you know, the other interesting thing I just saw is a sidebar to this article. It has nothing to do with anything with the military, but I just thought this was interesting. Do you know why college costs so much? At Harvard, there are 2,600 more administrators than undergrads. Yeah. Wow. Is that right? It's like, just, it's, it's like the city school district that has, what, 19,000 right. 19, students. Central office has 500 people. Oh, Unbelievable. my gosh. Unbelievable. Jeez. But anyway, Steve, it's not too late. Yeah, I know. You can I'm, get I'm, your application in. You being uh, a decorated Navy veteran, I think you'd be a great role model for these uh, young midshipmen. <laughs> I so, would. Yeah, I would be a... Uh, I would be a real uh, uh, stellar example. This is what they're looking for. This is evidence that supports. Uh, I read recently an American Thinker article. I like American Thinker, uh, and it was about how the United States has basically become ungovernable. We've we've reached a point here. You know, we've reached a tipping point where government has reached. You know, such such a uh, it's such a huge portion of the GNP. And it, and uh, it's so gigantic and has gr- grown, you know, and it's metastasized into this self, you know, uh, per- perpetuating mm-hmm. monster that right. no, nobody can govern. And no one can govern. And there's, and there's absolutely everywhere you look zero, and I mean zero accountability. I think everybody kind of acknowledges now that there's really no, that we'll never get back what we had before. And and it's it's doubtful that we'll ever grapple with the debt. I mean, short short. That's true. I mean, I'm short of like Trump becoming president and just going crazy with slashing entire departments of the government. You know, education, energy, uh, and uh, firing people left and right mm-hmm. willy nilly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what's got to happen. I don't know if that's doable. I, I don't know if it is. I think I think we may have. Like you said, tipping point. I think I, I kind of got the feeling in 2012 that there was really no going back. Once Barack Obama got reelected, because I never thought he'd get reelected. I said, you know, there's just no way he'll get reelected because the, the jig is up after after four years of him. And all of a sudden, you know, Romney blew it and we, we got him again. We got Obama again. I thought, you know, I, think I don't th- know we're ever coming back from that. I think he threw the game, if, if you want to know the truth. Romney did. But but uh but I mean, you look back on the elections of uh, of Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. the two elections. We still had a lot of World War II guys available and influencing. They were alive. They were influencing we, we did then, policy. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, Cap Weinberger was yep. a World War II guy, and um, they're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah, they are. Anyway, back, I don't want to take over the show. This is your show with with the Colonel. Well, it's it's just a tough situation. I mean, government is completely out of control, and uh, you know the the lunatics are running the asylum. Well, you're uh, right. There, there was some sanity still then. They had George Schultz. There's a World War II guy, and we had people who, um, you know, you got the feeling 
that um, they understood government and they understood uh, American heritage and that they were they were optimistic about the future. And I, I just get the feeling that the people who are in charge today are just cynics. They're all cynics. And they're all just gaming the system. Or stupid. Or stupid. I, that That could be it, too. Or just totally self-involved, that their hmm. absolute only priority are themselves. Yeah, self-absorbed. I, I don't think for a minute, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that the people that were in charge before weren't concerned about themselves. But I, I had to believe that people who lived through World War II, Korea, Vietnam. The Depression. The Depression had to think at least at some point more about themselves uh, at some point in their lives. And unfortunately, we rear children from their first uh, consciousness to think only about themselves. We do now. And, you know, we, we do things now. I mean, we, we've turned it into part of, you know, in order to graduate, you have to do volunteer work. It's not volunteer work if you have to do it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right, That's right. true. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I found that sort of funny. when I, Even when I was at McQuaid, that there became a requirement in your senior year this was back in the 70s even, that we had to do something called, and they've changed it dramatically since then. Have they? Back, you know, there was something called Magis that you had to go out and do work in the community. And hmm. I, I thought back then, I said, well, if, you're, if they're making us do it, it's not, we're not doing it for the right reason. We're doing it because they're making us do it. Mm-hmm. And now that's all it is. You know, now your soccer team and goes does volunteer work. And you're doing it all for the wrong reasons. You're supposed to be learning life lessons from doing that, but if you're doing it because it's a requirement. If you want to be on the soccer team, you have to go do it. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. We we've got we've got some straightening out to do. By the way, I do love this music you're playing. It's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. The WYSL stations. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. 
Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Well, now that we thoroughly depressed everybody, I thought, uh, you know, the Halloween that kind of passed us kind of did a flyby here on Valor Radio because we record the show now on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and uh, But I, I, I didn't want the holiday to pass without without a, a nod to it. And uh, now, uh, Colonel, I'm, I'm going to say let's go back to the days of the top of the plaza. And the Vic Plati Quintet. This is his Halloween song. Let's see if the uh, Colonel recognizes it. There's a man that has no face. You may find him many places. He lives in a dungeon right near you with spiders, bats, and What say you, Colonel? I don't know. You don't know what this is? I don't. Here, give me a hint. Mini uh, the Moocher. You got me, guys. Uh, Vic Plotty Quintet played at the top. He was well-known throughout the 50s and 60s sure. in Rochester. And uh, Earl Jarris played keyboards uh, and was playing on uh, this song, which is called The Chiller. Now let's think back to Saturday nights in the mid-1960s on Channel 13, WOKR. Chiller Theater, oh wow, starring Jerry Carr. Jerry Carr, I love that. Jerry Carr. And mem- remember, they uh, this is the early days of chroma key, and they would uh, they would put all this green makeup on his face, and then they put him in front of a green uh, uh, psych. It had that funky look to it, like a. Well, no, his, his face disappeared. Yeah, right. His face they used, disappeared. used chroma key. He had he had no face. That's what the lyric was referring to in, huh. in that song. Yep. Huh. Pretty know. cool, huh? The, chill, the Chiller Theater every yeah. every uh, Saturday night, and he would have people come on and you know goof around. And, uh, they they would also remove their faces so they would look like him. But yeah, th- uh, Chiller was great. Paul was a fan of Gregory the Graveyard Walker on TV Ten. No, I didn't watch that either. I'm trying no? to remember what I used to watch on Saturday nights. Well, I used oh, to like I... memorable movie with Joel Loy. Mm-hmm. Joel Loy, yeah. listen to you. Yeah. So, Steve, yes, uh, in your time in the Navy, did you ever have to sit on a jury in a uh, court-martial? I had to do a admin board. I had to be the, the, the head of the admin board. All right. Well, I got to do that, too, but uh, never uh, sit on a court-martial. No, never had to. I don't think most people realize that they... Uh, never really uni- wanted to, either. Yeah, I know. It's a tough thing. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it is. Uniform Code of Military Justice is very, very different than uh, the civilian judicial system. 
I personally think it's stacked against the accused. Um, I, I think uh, individuals give up uh, a tremendous uh, level of rights when they join the military. But that's just my personal belief. That's coming from a former prosecutor. Yeah, so, but I don't really expect them to have the same rights in the military. Well, I'm not saying I do either, yeah. but uh, I, I'm not saying they do either. And I and I understand a reason why there needs to be some of that. But, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things that's uh, hanging out there right now, the Supreme Court uh, is taking a look at potentially right now, you don't need a unanimous verdict in the military uh, to be convicted of a crime. And... You know, to most of us, that seems very fundamental that if you can't convince uh, the entire jury uh, in the civilian court, you get acquitted or at a, at a minimum, you end up with a hung jury. Right. Uh, but you're get not going to be trial, convicted. Yeah. And in a military jury, you just need to convince three quarters of them. And it's that's just the way it's been. Mm hmm. Uh, Forever, and it's been challenged before and always upheld, but uh, folks are challenging that again. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Steve? I, I, you know, I, when I read it, the first thing I thought was, well, they, these challenges have happened for 200 years, you know, and, and, but now they're, they're, they're weighing in, in, in this guy's favor as if he has a very excellent chance of getting his way this time. Um, uh, but in June, the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces which is their highest military court, ruled five to nothing against it and said uh, m members are not entitled to a, a, a unanimous verdict. So um, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, the whole uh, military uh, justice system at all. And I, I'll be honest with you, and I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but I've never been a big fan of anybody who's uh, a, a JAG lawyer in the, in the services. I just think... I wonder whose team they're playing for. Oh, I agree with you completely. Yeah. I agree with you. I know they have a separate chain of command, supposedly. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, I, I've never felt confident when I've seen someone with a, a military lawyer mm -hmm. uh, that they're getting the bang for their buck. Right. Um, I actually I, worked I for the, say that. The, uh, the, the big uh, Navy lawyer at one time when I was at uh, uh, NCIS. Uh, my my uh, boss was a uh, I think well, he was a two star uh, JAG lawyer. Uh, it, it, originally, it was um, a guy named Irish Flynn, who was a uh, famous Navy SEAL who ran afoul of Dick Marchenko. They were kind of arch enemies, and then later on, it was a guy named uh, Bill Shakti, who was a former um, swift boat guy who was not a fan of John Kerry at all. And uh, he got interviewed by Mike Wallace of CBS about the Iowa um, investigation when the, when the Iowa turret blew up. But um, he was a terrific fellow. But um, I, I was not a big fan of any of those lawyers, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. Um, yeah, I just don't. But I, I agree with you on that. Uh, but anyway, so the Supreme Court made... Uh, take a look at this again. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a change, and they've given uh, tremendous deference to the military and how they do business. Uh, but it's just uh, something I think uh, people need to know. Uh, you know, in the military, it doesn't take the entire jury to mm -hmm. convict you. You, and, you never uh, wanted to be a, a, a JAG lawyer in the, in the army, did you? 
No, you know, I interviewed for it. Did you? And I, I remember going through the interview, and I was sitting there across, uh, and this guy was senior to me at this point. I had already been an officer, an armor officer, and he had twice the time in the Army that I had, and I realized he knew very little about the Army. <laughs> and he, That's he, a very he, good he, point. He knew a lot about the law, yeah, but he didn't know anything about the Army. And I said, I don't want... I don't want someone sitting across from me in a few years and thinking this about me. That's a very good point. I had never thought about that, but I, I agree with you that most of the people I've known that were in the legal branch, uh, they know their, their legal stuff, but they, they are not people I would want to go to see with. And maybe, you know, you want them to know their legal stuff if they're doing the legal yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, but, uh, you're wearing the uniform. It should be more than just a lawyer right. in a uniform or a doctor in a uniform. I agree. Or, uh, you know, you would hope that they embrace the military. And uh, this guy definitely, he was a lawyer in a uniform. And, boy, I didn't want someone to sit across the table and think about me that way. And I just said, no, that's not going to be for me. Well, you know, the guy that there is the uh, subject of the whole controversy is uh, Air Force Master Sergeant Anthony Anderson, who, his petition, uh, and he's um, convicted of two specific or um, uh, convicted of two specifications of attempted sexual abuse of a child. Now, I, I I wouldn't go to the mat for that guy for all the TN China. Well, of course not. Yeah. So, but once again, it's always these bad cases where right. bad law comes from. But I agree. The, you know, these are the ones where you have to work hard. You know, they're entitled to a defense also. And you right. hate to see, you know, some uh, – this guy doesn't deserve much. No. But uh, – and you hate for this to be the flag flagship case. I know. This challenge. But uh, nonetheless – We shall see. Maybe it will put it to rest for once and for all. And you know what? If Congress wanted to change it, they could change it. Um, but I don't think I just can't see the Supreme Court getting actively involved in this. Um, Not this court, no. No, I really don't. Yeah, I agree. So, and and you know they say there's a couple of reasons why they do that, and uh, one has to do with you know everybody on the jury on a military jury is not the same rank, and they don't want people to feel intimidated uh, by rank. So knowing that their vote won't be the deciding vote. Um, they won't feel intimidated by someone senior to them voting, they, that they have to vote the same way as someone senior to them. And that, that I can understand where there might be some intimidation. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I don't see much happening with this. Uh, another thing uh, sort of interesting happening, um, there's a lawsuit out there, and I've I've seen – the product of this, and I just can't believe that the system can't fix fix this. I saw this when I sat on promotion boards. Um, you know, someone starts an investigation over something. I'll give you an example. Second lieutenant and his wife have too much to drink in 1981 in a bar in Berlin, and the MPs get called, and a report gets filed somewhere. And 40 years later, uh, it pops up that uh, the second lieutenant was arrested in 1981 in Berlin when he wasn't arrested. 
you know, there was an investigation. The wife filed a report because she was mad at him because he was, uh, you know, looking at other women in the bar. And But this report stayed in the system and somehow made its way over to the FBI or made its way over to uh, and is in in the system now. And every time this guy goes to get a job for oh. the last 40 years, it shows that he has an arrest. Mm. Um, and now there's a lawsuit out there telling the military to clean up their records and get rid of these false arrest charts that are hanging out all over the place. Um, so, you know, the services just do not do a good job taking care of their people all the time. Uh, hearing some music, we're going to take a break. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about here on uh, Valor Radio today. We'll be back shortly. And we bump out with Wilmer Alexander and the Dukes on Valor Radio on the WYSL station. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Welcome back in here to Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Colonel Paul Simonelli, Captain Steve Mamano, and yours truly. Uh, let's uh, toss it to the Colonel. Thanks. And just to finish up on uh, what we were just talking about, there's a class action lawsuit right now. Uh, a lot of people whose names came up uh, for a lot of different things, investigations. Uh, their name ended up in a database somewhere, and uh, unfortunately, no charges, weren't named as suspects or anything else, but somehow show up on background checks. Uh, this is affecting active, former active duty, former reservist, um, just... Uh, affecting thousands and thousands of folks, um, including uh, 2,000 people that participated in a, a, a program to uh, a recruiting program that uh, was around for a while um, that was offering incentives if you brought people into uh, the reserves or into active duty and... Uh, there were some problems with it, and so everybody that participated was potentially a suspect. So all these people's names ended up in a database, and now they're all being uh, – all these people's names come up if certain background checks are done. Uh, and the military just won't clean it up on their own, so now a class action lawsuit's got to occur. And you know who's going to get rich on this? The lawyers. <laughs> and Always these people's the case. Their lives are just messed up. And no one, will, the military just won't fix it on their own. It's really just sort of sad that it has to happen that way. Um, let's see here. Interesting statistic, uh, Steve. Uh, you you were you crossed uh, over into both, uh, both uh, you know active duty, and you worked with a lot of reservists. Interesting that guard and reserve troops get. Uh, uh, fewer uh, disability claims approved. Yeah, I saw that. That was surprising. 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. Kind of sad, really. Well, since the, the, the guard and the reserve role has increased, you know, dramatically over the last uh, couple of uh, decades to, yeah. the, to, to the point where, um, you know, they, they couldn't do the, the, the national defense without them. So uh, to see them getting short shrift uh, is uh, a little disturbing. Well, I'll tell you why it happens. I'll tell you one of the main reasons why it happens. First of all, let's look at the numbers. Uh, over a 10-year span that they looked at from 2012 to 2021, uh, it looked as though uh, 62% right. to 77% of the disability claims for National Guard and Reservists uh, were approved as the first opposed time to. through. And for active duty... It was 79 to 90%. To 90%, yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you the reason why. Here's what happens. Uh, You're a National Guard or a reservist. You just come back from a deployment, uh, three months, six months, nine months, a year. Mm -hmm. Some of them in the mid-2000s, 18 months, 19-month deployment. Right. And you get back to your uh, redeployment site, uh, Fort Bragg, Fort wherever. Mm Mm-hmm. Fort Bliss, Fort Hood, and they say to you, and you say to them, hey, uh, I hurt my back. And they say, okay, when's your unit supposed to go home? Well, we're supposed to go home Friday. Well, I can't get you in until a week from now to see an orthopedic guy. You want to stay here or do you want to go home? And, and what does the young soldier say? Yeah, they're all going to want to go home. They go home. They don't see the orthopedic. Right. There's no record of their back being hurt. No documentation. No documentation. Now they go to the VA and try to get compensation because they've destroyed their back. Right. And and this is, I can't tell you, time and time again. Um, that, I know I got... It. That's it. That's how it happens. Exactly. I got back from Desert Storm. I had some kind of crud going up and down my arms. Mm-hmm. And everybody was going home. And they said, I can't get you in to see a dermatologist for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. When's your unit going home? Friday night. They have a plane for you. You're going home Friday night. Well, you you want to stay here and see a dermatologist or do you want to go home? And uh, you know what? Uh, every once in a while, that creepy crud pops mm-hmm. up on my arm. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about right. it at this point. And you know the army, the army and especially the guard, they they have a tendency to mobilize uh uh in mass. I mean they right. they all I mean they all go home together, they they go over together. So asking them to stick around for an extra couple of weeks is uh is asking a lot. And Oh, it uh, definitely is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it, that's how it happens. I can just I could see it happening. And I could see uh, who gets uh, boned in the end. Yeah, so yeah, this unfortunately. is just, it's, it's really, it's absolutely sad. Sad, sad thing. All right, let's talk about the Navy a little bit, Steve. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm going to tell you before I even start this discussion. Uh, future U.S. Arizona attack submarine. Oh, was, boy. Yeah, what? I saw that. Well, you know, I, you know, my feeling on the subject with that one, Paul. I, I, I just don't like the whole idea that they're going to name another ship after the Arizona. It's just so uh, 
it's so uh, irreverent. They should never name another ship the USS Arizona ever, in my opinion. Did they run out of states? I mean, how many states have we got? <laughs> we got fifty states, and and we got Guam, and we got uh, we could put you know we we get territories or whatever we could use. But uh, what's wrong with the Rhode Island? <laughs> That's right. And our <laughs> our submarines aren't traditionally always named after states, are they? Well, the the, the boomers are now. They're they're the capital ships. Okay, so we're up to thirty-three of them. Mm-hmm. So we still we haven't gotten to. Wait a minute, how many? Obama said we had how many states he uh, visited? Fifty-seven. We got fifty-seven. Uh, yeah, we got a lot, a lot of states to go here. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> well, you know, the wh- thing is, uh, it's not like uh, you know the old days when they used to name them after fish. You know, they, those were all diesel boats, and they and they had a lot of them. I mean, they must have had a thousand. You know, diesel boats named after you know fish, guppies and and uh, piranhas, and I mean everything, any fish you can imagine. Flounder, trout, flounder. flounder, yeah, they, fl- they had a flounder. Every fish you can imagine, they had a a, a sub named after it. And uh, but they don't do that anymore. They they name the the ballistic um, attack subs. Or, I'm sorry, the attack submarines, the SSNs, after cities like Los Angeles or you know. Or, or uh, Dallas, or one of you know one one of those major you know, and every now and then they'll they'll depart with uh, tradition, and they might name a submarine after like Jimmy Carter, or Scoop Jackson, or something like that. But that was back in the days, you know, the, the Henry M. Jackson was a a boomer, you know, it was it was a ballistic missile sub, and and uh, but they've changed the protocol, and now they they like to name them after states. And they they've been pushing hard to get Arizona a, a, a name a name back in the in the fleet again, and they just named the the prospective skipper. Uh, he's a PCO, uh, prospective CO, um, or he's a de- like a designate because they it hasn't been commit formally commissioned yet. It's been launched, but it's not commissioned yet. So he's the PCO technically, and they showed a picture of him online and. Uh, it looks like a squared away fella, but um, did you see the other guys next to him? The two. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, they look, I was they gonna, look a little. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Did you? I don't know if it's the shape of their heads or their the way they the way they mold their their uh, cap to their head. It just they looked um, like something out of Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they're great sailors, but they're a little. Uh, I don't know. They're a little interesting looking. Yeah, they're a little scary. I yeah. think too much time around nuclear reactors. Yeah, maybe they've been hanging out and drinking gilly juice or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I understand. But, you know, maybe it won't be a problem uh, because uh, it looks like the Navy's uh, shipbuilding plan oh. is going to cost so much money, maybe they're not going to build as many ships as they want. Well, if you want to know the real, the real dysfunction of the U.S. Navy – Going forward, it's their shipbuilding program. Let me tell you something. It is not a pretty picture. And, and, and everybody's bought into it over the last 20 years. Uh, good, good, bad, and indifferent. Um, they plan to retire more destroyers, cruisers, and submarines than they will commission over the next 10 years. That's because they, won't, they don't want old ships. They want new ships. And in order to do that, they're going to get rid of a lot of good platforms that are still mission capable. I don't know. And, and they, that lethality 
would decline by 12% until 2032. How they measured lethality has to do with, I believe, missile missile uh, 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 installation. I think they, it, it depends on how many missiles are assigned to the platform. But they're actually decreasing lethality by 12%, which is not encouraging, if you ask me. All right. We're hearing some music. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. Get the podcast at WYSL1040.com. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all. And our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Vectix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We're back in here with the final segment of this week's edition of Valor Radio. Here's the Colonel from the Florida studios. Thanks, Robert. So, Steve, there may be hope for old guys like us. (laughs) I saw that. This is a good one, Paul. Maybe, maybe there is. Everybody's raising their enlistment age. Uh, you want to know how desperate they really are? Look, go ahead, Paul. I'm I'm dying to. I love hearing this. So uh, now, uh, the Air Force has raised their age to forty-two. Forty-two um, for active duty to put a guy in for the first yeah. time. A guy who is a nugget. Forty-two-year-old nugget. Right. The Coast Guard. So that means. That means there's going to be guys able to enlist in the Air Force that are four years older than guys that are eligible in retire for retirement. Isn't that isn't that hilarious? Uh, I mean, theoretically, got, yeah. 
Yeah, Coast Guard raised their age from 35 to 42. Um, yeah. They increased their age for direct commissions from 34 to 36. Um, the, the Coast Navy Guard? Navy raised their maximum yeah, age for recruits from 39 to, to 41. 41. Right. Um, the Army accepts recruits up to 39 with waivers as high as 45. Right. And the, But here's the best one, Paul. U.S. Marine Corps age cutoff is still 28. Yep. So Thank God for the U.S. Marine Corps. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you know that the commandant of the Marine Corps is in the hospital with having suffered a heart attack? Yes. We they didn't want to tell us that a couple hours ago. Yeah, he is in our prayers. I, honestly, I don't want to make light is, of it. How old is he? Does anybody know? Oh, he'd have to be, he'd have to be 60 years old, right, Paul? He's in his 60s, yeah. I'm sure. Okay. But but um, I, and we wish him well, of course. General Smith, I think, is his name. But uh, they didn't want to tell us why he was in the hospital. All they said was he was uh, uh, rushed to the hospital in an emergency situation. But they didn't want to tell us why. And honestly, I was hacked off about it. Like you know, we deserve to know why is the commandant of the Marine Corps in the hospital? And they came well, out later on and said it's heart attack. Well, so for a couple of reasons, you know, I, I think it. I can think of a couple of reasons immediately not to say something, but ultimately they did. I, I, I saw your post that you put up, Steve. I'm a little more patient than you. Had yeah, I know you are. Not said anything no, no. for That's a good week. Though, Paul. I, I appreciate that. Uh, had That's they good. not said anything for a week, I would have agreed with you. But, uh, um, but did you I see that say, they, they wanted to blame Senator uh, Tuberville for his <laughs> probably, stress he was under? Right. They said right. that he was he was doing two jobs. And that the stress, he was only getting five hours of sleep a night. And that's so, Tuberville. Was Tuberville supposed to come tuck him in? Or was I, it, was, I guess, yeah. Read him a, the read him a story? being that Tuberville yeah. was and A glass of milk? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. But anyway, so I'm, I'm just a little more patient. So I, anyway, well, I want to talk Florida, about something Paul. serious that could affect <laughs> any community right now. Not purely re- and not related directly to the military, but every time they <laughs> mention his name, they've been saying Army Reservist. So... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, uh, about this horrible shooting in Maine, uh, oh, boy. involving this, uh, former army reservist, this dead army reservist, mm-hmm. Robert Card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to tell people that what happened in Maine would almost under any circumstances not happen in our community. And I would, I would just ask people that listen to this radio show, I'd ask them to go to their computer and I'd ask them to go to a, a website, a very simple website to get to. It's called rocktac, R-O-C-T-A-C dot O-R-G, rocktac.org. And uh, see what we do in this community compared to what wasn't happening up in Maine. And I'm just absolutely... Um, confounded about what occurred up there and and the number of opportunities for intervention to stop this in- individual or to divert him or to keep him from getting to the point where he caused the pain and the suffering and the death that he caused up in Maine. And folks, you have to know that in this community, there's a lot of people working together to make sure to to try to prevent and keep 
something like this from happening. And uh, we've been working for six years diligently in this community and have been a model around the country uh, to try to build organizations uh, to keep this from happening. And, you know, it's very hard to show you're successful when something doesn't happen, uh, when you prevent something from happening. But I can tell you that uh, there's work going on every single day in this community and in many communities around this state and around the country to keep from uh, something uh, like what happened in Maine from happening here. And I once again would ask you to go to uh, the website rocktac.org and take a look and see what we're doing in this community. And if you're at a company or an organization and uh, you think you have an issue with an individual um, or a group of individuals uh, and you're not sure what to do, uh, you know that there's help out there and and there are interventions available to keep this type of thing from uh, getting to a point uh, where some tragedy has to occur. Well, all I can say is thank God we have it in our community because you look around, these systems are not working. I mean, you you look at Marjorie Stoneman High, Pulse Nightclub in Florida, uh, all, all of these cases that have you know, multiple reports to law enforcement that uh, could have headed these situations off. The kid in Conklin that, uh, that perpetrated the tops shooting. Bob, I'm, I'm telling you, it's always easy with hindsight to say something, but I'm telling you in almost every single one of these cases, and, the, you know, I study this stuff. This is what I do, and I teach about it. Uh, in over almost 70% of these cases, these people are telegraphing um, what they're going to do. They're putting information out there, and people are just not, they're just not reporting. Um, this case, uh, the one in Maine, the family went to the sheriff, and the sheriff did nothing with the information right. except go to the Army Reserve. Hmm. What, what, what was the sheriff doing? At that point, and what, why do why do we have if this is what if this is the uh, the the model? We're running low on time. Two minutes here, uh, Colonel. Uh, wh- why are we? What's the purpose of red flag laws? This is um, I'm saying this would not have happened in our community. There were so many tripwires over the last six months with this individual. I I can't comprehend that this would have happened in this community or any of the communities in our region um, with the practices that are going on here in trying to intervene and trying to uh, stop these incidents before they get to these uh, critical moments. Well, that's my point. I'm thankful that we have this in our community. So I would just tell people, go to rocktech.org so you understand what capabilities exist in our community and, and, what what citizens' roles are in this, um, and uh, you know we'll keep this from happening. And but it does start right with every individual in the community, uh, always seeing and observing and understanding uh, and knowing what's happening around them, and not being afraid to come forward and let someone know uh, what they're seeing. 
So yeah, somebody's got to come forward and uh, and, and shine a light on this because uh, if if they don't if they don't do the right thing, then we need to make them do the right thing. There's there's just oftentimes there may only be one or two opportunities mm-hmm. to to at least bring some light onto one of these things, right. and then that's all it takes. And there's a whole all kinds of professionals out there for all kinds of interventions to stop these things from happening. So, all right, uh, I'm hearing some music. Folks, stay safe. Let's keep our service members in your thoughts and in your prayers. Um, And uh, we'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Stay safe. God bless. Everything to everyone Up and that I'm bright and early I'm all business in my suit Yeah, I'm dressed up for success From my head down to my boots I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good under pressure Being all that I can be I can't call it